Welcome to Family Life Today, presented in cooperation with this station by Power to Change. We hope today's program will give you something to reflect on and to encourage you in your relationships. Our hosts are Dave and Ann Wilson. Okay, so I'm going to ask you, have you made any resolutions lately? Yeah. Oh, do I know about them? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. No, I did make a resolution, and that was to draw your heart out. I don't know how I'm doing, but that was months oh, ago. Oh, you know what? I've seen you do something, and oh, I yeah, thought, whatever. I think, what else did no, you no, say? No, I thought, I I thought you were going to say that you have decided to be more present in our house, because I've seen you. Almost the same thing. You haven't been on your phone as much. Like, you are... As much. Hey, we're taking baby steps here. No, you really are. Even when we're with our kids, the grandkids, you're more present. And I thought, I wonder if you made a resolution. I want to know if you've made any resolutions. Um, no, I don't usually make resolutions like that. You just live all out for Jesus. You just do. You are never I mean my resolution not sold out for no, Jesus. It's I, the greatest I, thing about you. I love it. I probably do need to make Well you already heard this voice in the other I side know. of the studio. Carl Claus is in the, just in the house to you guys. Good to be here guys. Because <laughs> we just get in arguments right here on <laughs> this air. Is great. And obviously Carl you wrote a book called Seven Re- Resolutions. I can't I'm going to make word. a resolution after this time together with Carl. What is it? I don't know. I'm going to see where oh, God yeah. takes me. Maybe resolve not to resolve again. <laughs> You know, the byline to this book is the most important, where self-help ends and God's power begins. Two weeks after January 1 of every year, studies say 85% of resolutions have been broken. Two weeks. Resolutions are great if you're agreeing with God to let his power work in you. Mm -hmm. They can change everything. But if you're just playing, I'm going to suck it up, I'm going to bootstrap this thing, you're going to play spiritual whack-a-mole because you may win in one area, but whoop, here comes a critter over here, and it's going (laughs) to eat your lunch. And God wants more for you. Yeah, so we've walked through, uh, you know, you've got seven. I think we've walked through at least four or five of those. You can pick any one you want us to hit on today. Which one are you going to hit? Well, let's begin with why I'm even here. About 20 years ago, God allowed me to get a mission statement for my life. Hmm. Twenty, You've had it for 20 mm-hmm. years. 20 years. Has it changed at all? Never. Wow. It did for about two years because I started working it and honing it, working it and honing it. But I remember hearing a wise man say, you got to hone in on how God's designed you. And I started working that plan. So I exist to inspire a spiritual revolution within the church that reaches the world. So I'm a churchman at heart. My heart is the church. But here's what I've learned. Some people have said, oh, man, you've got this heart of an evangelist. I have a heart of an evangelist. But the thing that fires me up most is watching the church so on fire that it's doing what Paul said I'm supposed to do, equip the saints to do the work of ministry, that we're creating this movement, this cresting wave, if you will, of people that are out there reaching this world for Jesus. Mm. That fires me up. It gets me out of bed in the morning. When I talk about focusing effort, here's the beauty of this. Let's just get really practical. When you know what you stand for, you know what to say no to. Mm, That's good. I I went to a Waffle House with a friend in Little Rock. First time in, he goes, you ever ordered the hash browns here? And I said, "Uh, no, I haven't, man. And he goes, 
you're going to love these hash browns. So we sit down in the booth, and the young lady walks over, says, can I help you? He goes, I'm going to order for him. Give us two orders of scattered, smothered, covered. And I'm like, what in the <laughs> world is this? Scattered? scattered, smothered, covered. Scattered, smothered, covered. Well, I found out scattered is a bunch of hash browns on the grill. Scattered, smothered is onions. And covered <laughs> is cheese that binds it all together. <laughs> That's good. That actually sounds really good. And it, it's also got another nickname. Heart attack is the other <laughs> nickname. No, but scattered, smothered, covered. Here's why I get a kick out of that story. That's our life. Oh. We're like Waffle House hash browns. And God wants us to clear this up. This resolution of focus effort. I am rabid about, and here's why. I think the complexity of life in America today is more complex than even 2,000 years ago. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying. What do you mean by that? I'm saying just the phone alone (laughs) has got multiple opportunities for spiritual compromise, for frittering away time. You know, one of the greatest lines I ever heard was from a man named Gordon McDonald. He said it, and he's right. Unseized time flows to our weaknesses. Wow. But you can't begin to, and we might talk about redeem time in a moment here, you can't begin to redeem time until you've got a focused life. And some people might freak out right now going, oh, I don't have a mission statement. More stuff I got to do. Every time <laughs> I listen to Dave and Ann, I got more stuff I got to do. <laughs> no, slow the roll. Everything's good here. I will encourage you, though, when you were in your mama's womb, all the days that were marked out for you, God had penned them down. Everything. You were knit together in your mother's womb. There's a uniqueness to you. There's a unique design. And then when Christ ascended, according to Ephesians 3, he took captives captive and he gave gifts to man. So you got this unique design. I'm made in mom's womb this way. I am the way I am. That's great. I have certain passions. And by the way, Christian, could I just say this right now? Quit apologizing for the passions that God puts in your heart. Don't do that anymore. If God places it there and you've got good friends that you've chosen that are around you that are helping be guardrails, a wise counsel, go for it. Mm. But you combine the unique purpose and design that God's given you when you were designed in the womb with the spiritual gifting you've been given, and you begin to massage those things with a few key words, you get a mission statement. Here's what's awesome. I don't do anything in my life. I don't do a job that I work at right now. I don't take meetings. I don't take appointments that are outside of my primary focus. I have a mission statement. I stick to it. And here's what's sweet. It shows me what to say yes to Mm. and no to. I get more joy. And actually, I am able to be a much better husband Mm. because I'm not out there scattered, smothered, covered like fries at Waffle House. (laughs) Yeah, I remember when I first got in ministry, I thought we should develop our weaknesses. That's what we should do. And, oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. And, and, of course, there's some truth to that, but I realized over decades of ministry, no, 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 no. God made you with strengths and yeah. gifts. Yeah. Milk them. Yeah. Use them. Live in them. I remember one of my first preaching classes ever in seminary, we had to do like a 10-minute little trial sermon. And the students then gave feedback, right? Yeah. So I get up and do my little deal. And I sit down. I'll never forget this. And so the teacher goes, okay. Go ahead, guys and gals. Tell Dave, you know, what you think. And uh, they went through their little things. And basically they said, you're a good storyteller. You're not a very good teacher. 
Whoa. You know, you don't, you don't, things you aren't clear. You the blah, blah, stories blah. to the right. text. And, and yeah. I'll never forget, I'm sitting there, I'm sort of discouraged. And the teacher goes, so Dave, what'd you hear? And I said, I heard I shouldn't preach. Yeah. He goes, Dave, you heard the wrong you thing. The wrong I go, what should I have heard? He goes, you're a good storyteller, milk it. Every sermon you give should have stories. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you have stories. Now, the other part, explaining that you can get better. you got to learn how to get yeah, better yes, at that. But yes, you yes, are yes. never going to preach a sermon without stories because that's what you're good at. Well, guess what? Forty years later, he was right. That's I always make sure stories are in there. And I had to get the other part better. But I think we live in this world where we think, i got to make my weaknesses better. Yeah, of course you want to get better at that. But you want to live and thrive in what God's gifted you to do. That's what you're saying. Yeah, and I've got a young team, but it's really funny. Because when we get our staff together and they get in a room, the average age is about 28 until I walk in and then it goes to 49. (laughs) No joking. But here's what I love. And this is what being 62 does for you. You've lived enough where you go, okay, we've bumped along. And I, I did that. I went to him and I said, listen to me. You guys have gone through this. You know your mission. Stay in your lane. And here's for two reasons. One is excel at how God's designed you. Focus on that. Go after your strengths. Don't focus on your weaknesses so much. And here's the other reason. God puts someone else right. around you who's excellent at what you're weak at. Exactly. That's called the body of Christ. Exactly. So, yes, focus effort. Get a mission statement. And, and that's one of my passions in this book. I want to show people how to I do it. I mean, that. I love, and it's, it's what you're saying out of uh, Ephesians 2.10. We are God's workmanship. workmanship. Poema. We're yes. his poem created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. Good works, which he's prepared beforehand. Yes. That is a mission statement. It's like, that's what I'm designed to do. Like, specifically, what's it mean for me? That's what you're saying. But I think that's yeah. the key. I think in the church, and I know this happens with women, is we become jealous. Yes. And then we become competitive and we, we're like, oh, she has so many gifts and I don't have any gifts. And, and then we get jealous of the gifts and we try to become like someone else Oof. when there's enough air that we can all breathe it. And there's enough gifts that God's given yes. us that we can all live in and really just grow in our giftedness and our passions. And, and I'll say to people, if you want to know why you are here Look at what you're passionate about. Look at what you're good at. But look also where your pain has been. Big time. Because sometimes that pain can lead us into that gift. Okay, what's redeem time mean? Ooh, this is one of my favorites. This is it for me. Now, I've always been a Franklin Covey planner dude, okay? Yeah. Ever since I read Seven Habits of yeah. Highly Effective People oh, yeah. at 33,000 feet, flying back from South Africa. Really? <laughs> yeah, true story. But we think sometimes time redemption is something that Franklin Covey or Og Mandino <laughs> invented. No, 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 no. Go back to Moses. The only song he wrote, he wrote a song and he said, oh, God, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Mm. Whoa. Well, here's a profound thing here. It gets me so giddy. I feel like jumping up and down. <laughs> God, through Moses, said this. We would think wise people redeem time, right? In fact, we probably told our kids that. Oh, wise people redeem time. No. Moses said people who redeem time become wise. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Here's what's awesome. You want to grow in wisdom? Learn to redeem time. Gordon MacDonald said it years ago in a book, and he's right. Unseized time flows to our weaknesses. And the reason we have to seize the day today is that I've got distractions coming at me like, I mean, every which way. It's like every angle they're coming at me. So we've got to be able to redeem time. Now, I want to put a cautionary flag because my bride is in studio listening in right now, and I can can hear what she's thinking right now. I want to be careful here. This is not about becoming a workaholic or getting crazy, just hyper-focused on, oh, is every moment redeemed? You can take a nap to the glory of God. (laughs) You can take a grandkid to a ballpark and talk two-year-old to the glory of God. You can go on a date, and the date could take longer than you had planned to the glory of God. All I'm saying is this. Redeeming time is God's idea. And it's clear if you go to the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul says, teach us, redeem the time. Paul says, redeem the time because the days are evil. You know what the context of that passage is? Sexual sin. I am absolutely convinced that what Paul's saying here is that unredeemed time, especially in men's lives, unseized time flows to the weaknesses of sexual temptation. King David. It happened to him. Supposed to be at war. Yep. Hmm. Sexual sin, and he's wasting time. And he's not using time the way God wanted him to do. And we do the same thing. Oh, my goodness. And so I used to drive myself crazy trying to be busy. God broke me and caused me to repent of that, and he used my bride to do it in a sweet way. But now I live to be led by the power of the Holy Spirit so that moments are redeemed. Whether I'm working hard, playing hard, going on a date, an unexpected call that's going to glorify God, it maybe isn't by my day planner, but it's redeemed time. But Carl, it sounds so exhausting because, no, I'm serious, because some people are like, life is busy, our kids are in the house, we're exhausted. All I want to do at the end of the day is sit in front of the TV and watch Netflix. Do I need to plan out every minute? No, but I will say this. Did you know, I believe it could glorify God. Some people are going to go, oh, my circuits (laughs) are going to blow. It could very well glorify God that you sit down and watch a Netflix with your spouse. Oh, you're kidding. I thought that's the time that's just kind of totally unredeemed and God just kind of tolerates it when we do that. No. God knows how we're wired. He designed us the way we are. And sometimes God's great with those restorative moments. And sometimes it's front of a flat screen. And it's okay. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking you're saying redeem time also means redeem Sabbath. Oh. Sabbath is God's gift to man. He gave us a gift called rest. Redeem time isn't just get busy, busy, busy and always be yeah. on mission. The best way I'm going to be on mission, sometimes I need to recoup and there's, refresh. There's no doubt. I got a Holy Spirit gut check here. You guys ready for this one? Yes. Here we go. The stat. Statistics that I have about media usage, Hmm. 
and some of the raw numbers that I have about where people are at with their calendar in a day, we've got a lot of unredeemed time. Oh, I, yeah. I did a um, I did a seven day challenge. I had a prof walk into our class, a pastoral minor class in my Bible college, and he said, "Gentlemen, never forget you, gentlemen. I want you to be good pastors. If you're going to be good pastors, you're going to redeem time." I'm like, "Yeah," because I was raised by a dad that worked his booty off. Mm. My dad knew how to work, and he taught me how to work, so I knew how to work. He says, here's the deal, man. We want, I want you to take a challenge. I'm going to give you this calendar. Everyone take one home. It's filled out by a half an hour. Now, I don't want you getting too crazy on this one, but I want as best you can account for every half hour of a day. So when you wake up in the morning, just for one week, I just want you to do this, this redeem time challenge. Who's up for it? I'm, my hand's first in the air. <laughs> well, then peer pressure, everyone's hands in the air. Let me tell you something that happened to me. Here I am. I'm, Newly married, we got a little boy. I'm a youth pastor making 450 bucks a month. I was bringing <laughs> home the cheddar, man. And I'm building decks on the side. And I'm a full-time student. That's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I start out on this redeem time challenge. You guys might know where this is going. <laughs> I start in first day, every half an hour filled. Second day, every half an hour filled. But I'm starting to notice something. I've been knocking down the ducks so well, I'm starting to pull things from Wednesday into Tuesday. <laughs> Wednesday comes, knocking down ducks pretty well, but uh-oh, Thursday, starting to dry up. I'm starting to invent things, things that are taking 15 minutes. I'm saying I'm lying, and I'm going, that took an hour. <laughs> Friday comes, I'm like, oh, Sabbath day rest. Got to have a Sabbath. This is it. Saturday comes, I'm back on the treadmill. Here's what happened. I found that even though I was a busy guy, there were some hours in my life that were yet unredeemed. And God doesn't want us busy. No, God doesn't want us busy. No way. But he wants us out of that squeezable hours that get frittered away. Mm, Especially on our phones. I can be on my phone for a long time scrolling. You ready for this? National average on phone outside of work. National average, five hours. I believe it. A day. A day. day. I'll tell you, this has gotten so convicting for me because I found myself, I got to be up early to do radio at 5 a.m. What time do you get up? Too early. (laughs) Let's just say that. (laughs) I need seven and a half hours sleep. Yeah. And I found myself taking a phone and being on it too late. So I found two friends and you know what they have? They have gone into my iPhone and they've gone into my settings that blocks my phone <laughs> out. You know what? My my smartphone becomes a totally dumb phone every night at 7.30 p.m. There's no way to access the Internet. In fact, I had it blocked out so bad one night. I was driving home from an elder meeting with my bride. I didn't know how to get out of this neighborhood. I go to plug in my maps. My maps is shut down. So I'm I'm having to go home the old-fashioned way. What's this cross street? What's that cross street? I mean, it was horrible. But, man, it has served me well. Just having that accountability to redeem time to get to bed. Yeah. Whoo! Makes life so much better. Mm. You know, as I listened to you even the last few days, this is what hit me. How bad do you want it? That's what just hit me. How bad 
you want to walk with God, how bad you want your life to change, how bad you want to make a mark on eternity, this is your moment to say, I want this, and I'm going to make the resolution, and I'm going to get some accountability, choosing wise friends to help me do it, and my life's going to change by the power of God. Mm-hmm. Dallas Willard is one of the greatest authors on spiritual formation. He's gone on to his reward, but he said this. I was reading his book, again, rereading one of his books, and he said this. Our behavior always follows our belief. Yeah. Dave, you're right. To the listener that's out there, I don't ask that you let your behavior start shifting. Get a belief boiling Mm -hmm. that there is a gap between where you are today and God's promises. And go take hold of those things. Mm -hmm. Go get them. to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Interesting mentoring a younger couple or being mentored yourself? Check out Power to Change's mentoring initiative designed to help you avoid those pitfalls we all can fall into. Email radio at powertochange.org.au or go to our website families.powertochange.org.au under the Helping Couples tab to get started today. You're invited back tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today presented by Power to Change in conjunction with this radio station.